Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. If your everyday routine looks like mine used to, it includes some bloating and gas, trouble losing weight, digestive issues, and probably microbial imbalances. When I learned that my gut microbiome was directly linked to all that stuff going on, I knew I had to do something, but it was hard to know what to do. And that's how I found out about Viome and the Viome Full Body Intelligence Test. Viome stands out because it uses gene expression analysis, which is RNA, instead of DNA to figure out what my body needs. They even use information they learn about you to create 100% custom formulated supplements and personalized probiotics just for you. Viome gave me the information I needed to really upgrade my health. I've known the team at Viome for almost 10 years and worked with them on their recommendations. It's real science. Now, you can give it a try, too. Go to Viome.com slash Dave and save $110 on the full body intelligence test. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds, and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Hey, it's Dave Asprey with Bulletproof Radio. Today's cool fact of the day is that researchers just discovered that the skin of chocolate beans or cacao beans contains a compound that reduces unhealthy bacteria in your mouth. So this doesn't mean that you have an excuse to eat the new bulletproof chocolate bars because chocolate doesn't usually contain the skin, but it does mean that there are antioxidants and other compounds like polyphenols in the skin of chocolate that have effects on the body that we just discovered, and that's kind of cool. Fasting. It's one of the best biohacks because there are so many benefits to your body, and it doesn't even cost anything. Fasting can help you live longer, increase your brain power, and even turn back your biological age because it induces something called autophagy. Autophagy swaps out old or damaged parts of your cells with fresh new ones. There is now an awesome product called Spermidine Life that actually tricks your body into thinking it's fasting, which triggers autophagy without any actual fasting required. Spermidine Life is extracted from non-GMO plants and it's super clean. Fast smarter, not harder. Add Spermidine Life to your stack today, whether or not you practice intermittent fasting. Go to spermidinelife.us, use code ASPRI25 for 25% off your first purchase. Today's guest on Bulletproof Radio is, is an amazing guy. And if you're watching on YouTube or you're watching the iTunes video, you can actually see that I'm filming on site for this. And I'm on site with Dr. Dwight Jennings at the Northern California Craniofacial Diagnostic Center, which is Dr. Jennings' the longest name for a company ever. <laughs> and Dr. Jennings is not your normal dentist. In fact, I, I, Dwight, I, I would say you're an abnormal dentist in, in the, the most complimentary way of that. You might have heard me mention just on a few podcasts that I've done something to my face or to my jaw alignment. Dr. Jennings is the guy who masterminded this. 
my I have a chin. I have a square jaw that I didn't used to have because of what he's done, and it's non-surgical. It turns out there's a huge amount of inflammation that can happen up here on your trigeminal nerve. And if you're like many, many people, what your grandmother and your mother ate affects the way your jaw and your upper spine are formed. And I had a smaller upper palate, and my lower jaw was jacked back and up, and there's no way that I could actually know this was going on because for me to chew always created stress up here, which would trigger my fight or flight response. So yeah, you can do the heart rate variability training. You can do all sorts of things, but if at a core level, your nervous system is getting just hammered every time you chew and when you sleep, you're not gonna like what happens. And even if you eat the right diet, even if you do everything else right, you're still gonna have these symptoms. Dr. Jennings, first presented his work at the Silicon Valley Health Institute, the anti-aging group that I run, um, I want to say like eight, nine years ago. Wow. So I came in to see him. And now we're going to ask you lots of questions. So welcome to Bulletproof Radio. Thank you. Glad to be here. How did you get into hacking the jaw? Because you don't really do cavities. Like, that's not your game. I don't. I was a general dentist for about 10 years. And during that time, I studied a lot of European orthodontic techniques, which you need to do this work. And so as... I got good at those techniques. I just started doing more and more uh, oral facial pain cases. And uh, 10 years into my practice, I limited my practice to uh, oral facial pain and dental orthopedics. <clears throat> now, when you, when you, well, let's just say when someone like me comes in, I say, all right, I don't really think I have that much of a bite problem. Like I, I notice maybe sometimes I have a little bit of TMJ, but it's not a big deal. What do you hear when I say that? <laughs> How do you translate that? So there's a background um, that I know is that the vast majority of humans these days are moderately compromised. That's why there's such a high incidence of headaches and yeah. a lot of other musculoskeletal problems, and a high incidence of ear infections in infants. All this is uh, symptoms of uh, jaw orthopedic defect. And so most people get by fairly well. They may not necessarily develop a TMJ pain condition, but the dysfunction here leads to a lot of inflammatory propensities in the body. And so I would be more curious in their complete medical history and see how many inflammatory conditions show up. So you look at changing the alignment of the jaw as a way to address systemic inflammation in the body. Yes. What happens to people who have systemic inflammation? So the, go back and talk a little about the sensory zone from here to here and ear to ear is your trigeminal nerve. And what's special about the trigeminal nerve is it has a hundred times more dense pain fibers than any other nerve in your body. So you feel pain in your jaw long before you feel it in your elbow? Not necessarily. Okay. But when this function gets disturbed this, in this region. Th this function for people listening in their cars, this function meaning around your face. Correct. Okay. Yeah, dysfunction within the trigeminal distribution area leads to an elevated pain neurotransmitter called substance P. And substance P is a major, probably the most major modulator inflammatory response in the body. It's a very strong stimulator of cytokine release. So you turned me on to Substance P uh, a long time ago, and, and I read some of the research that you sent me, and I've done other research on it. And Substance P is probably the oldest pain-recepting molecule. I think slugs even have Substance P. That's true. Uh, so this is something that's very low down in our biological signaling. Yes. And, and what does it do? Like, how does it work? So it has three or four different effects on the body. Uh, it opens up cell membranes and makes cells become less efficient. So you can't detox if your substance P levels are too high. By opening up those cell membranes and depolarizing cell membranes, it makes you hypersensitive. 
So you get the allergies and the asthma, um, multiple chemical sensitivity, and a number of other allergic type responses. It, it's a major neuro, because it opens up those cell membranes, it's a major neurosecretory modulator. So it throws off your hormone levels. Uh, it's, it's a major modulator of movement. So you get a lot of movement disorders. Like what's a movement disorder that would come if you had jaw misalignment? Uh, torticollis, scoliosis. So scoliosis can be caused by an uneven bite? Yes, the uh, Japanese have done 35 wow. years of research on bite destruction in animals, and basically all their research is not available in this country. So you mean all those kids with scoliosis now, if their dentists were looking at functional things instead of at cosmetic things, that they might just magically straighten out their spines when their jaw was done right? Correct. Are you hearing this right now? Uh, he's not lying. I, I, I know for a fact that what you're saying is true, but no one, no one talks about this. Right. And I, I even notice uh, my son. Um, he's five now, uh, and if something happens in his jaw when he was born, you know, your face gets kind of smashed coming out. Um, he had a lot of upper neck pain that was actually tied with his jaw. So within five days of being born, we had uh, some very gentle, um, just re release for his jaw that allowed him to fully relax his body. And to this day, if he falls and whacks his face, uh, which kids do all the time, um, he'll fall over more often. And it is tied to hip alignment and jaw alignment. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned it can cause scoliosis. If you have low back pain, can a jaw misalignment cause that? Or is it the low back pain causes jaw misalignment? Very common. Uh, in chiropractic, they understand the relationship. Uh, I think it's called a lover-brother relationship between upper cervical and lower spinal relationships. Uh, if you twist the upper spine, there's a compensatory twist in the lower spine. And so the upper cervical typically is very unstable as your jaw goes back on you. So bringing the lower jaw forward and repositioning the lower jaw um, goes a long ways at creating upper and lower spinal stability. So if someone comes in and they have uh, basically an overbite where their lower teeth are behind their upper teeth in the front, right. you're pretty much going to always assume that they have some neurological dysfunction or some even mitochondrial dysfunction, the cellular energy things, because you can see it in the way they chew. Correct. So if we go back genetically, all primitive humans bit tip to tip, end on end. So their front teeth met. hit met like, like this? Like that. Mm -hmm. My front teeth meet. They didn't used to meet. I used to have my front teeth hit really hard, and my, my lower teeth were up and hitting the back of my front teeth. Yeah. And you're saying that's not healthy. Right. So there's biomechanical reasons why we need, must, should, and do better biting end on end, okay. which most dentists consider abnormal. This joint, your TMJ joint, is your only joint that can translate the slides back and forth. And since it can slide back and forth, dentistry thinks it's okay for it to slide back and forth, but it's not. It does much better if it only rotates. And when you have an overbite, you have to slide your jaw forward to bite things off. You have to slide your jaw forward to control airflow and speaking. And so you create a hypermobility in this joint, which impacts the trigeminal system and leads to elevated substance B levels. So, so this would be sort of like if you were going to do something with your shoulder, which is another complex joint. If every time you had to do a shoulder press, you had to push your shoulder really far back or really far forward and then do the motion. If you lift weights, you know that if your arm's really far up and you're trying to do something here, you have no strength and it's going to create basically shoulder girdle dysfunction. So a similar thing happens here. It, it can do that. It's just not a good idea. And we chew... I don't know, you probably know how many times a day. Do you know how many times a day we chew? Well, teeth are actually only touching less than five minutes a day when you're eating. Wow. What you need a good bite for is not to chew, but for your jaw to relax. So when you have a bad bite, you're always guard, your jaw is always on guard, trying to keep you from banging into the teeth. 
I was unaware that my jaw was doing these things. And before I came in to see you, I made these little, I am a biohacker, so I, I do weird stuff. I made these little I melted, that. <laughs> you that? I think I'm the only guy to do that. I'm like, oh, I'll test this, it sounds like a lot of work. So I melted these little plastic things with uh, a lighter actually. Uh, and I, I formed them over my back teeth and put them in for two days. And it was amazing because after I did that, I, I didn't want to close my mouth anymore because I realized how much muscle stress it took to just force my, my jaw closed. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to live with this. So I came in and, and you're like, what are those weird plastic things? <laughs> yeah, uh, I also fill my own cavities. Did, no, I don't. <laughs> but you, uh, you, you came and you saw that. And uh, can you talk a little bit more about neural crest? Uh, formation and where your front four teeth come from because I think this was a big thing for me like fight or flight just walk people who are listening in their cars or, or watching online so through the process. embryologically there's the endoderm mesoderm and ectoderm the outside middle and inside layer of skin so this is the things that are forming in the womb in the first trimester right right, okay. right. and then there's a fourth germ layer called neurocrest cells and neurocrest cells form all the important parts of our nervous system and a lot of our cranial bones front four teeth on you right and so bite disturbances tend to disproportionately impact neurocrest derivatives. Okay. And the way I would feel that as an adult male who's, you know, allegedly performing at my top is that if I'm hitting those four teeth all the time and they're plumbed in, this is just the front four top teeth, they're plumbed into my nervous system, they're going to basically cause more nervous system physical stress than I otherwise would experience. Correct. Okay. Impacting neurocrest cells, like substance P level going up, substance P controls stem cell differentiation of the body, right? So when your substance P levels go out of whack, you can't make new brain cells. The brain can't dis differentiate and repair itself that well. Substance P controls stem cell differentiation in the bone marrow, <clears throat> so you can end up with not enough white blood cells, red blood cells, leukemia, lymphomas. Um, there's researchers out there that think that substance P is the sole cause of leukemia. Wow. That's profound. You're saying now that jaw alignment by triggering systemic inflammation and damaging your cellular membranes so your mitochondrial energy creation doesn't work can have a contributing role to cancer. Yes. That's that, that is, amazing. That is, uh, as you back to where you mentioned earlier about the aerobic to anaerobic respiration in the mitochondria, uh, my understanding is, is that that happens because of the cell membranes open up and there's a calcium influx which messes up a communication within the mitochondria. There's very mm -hmm. extensive literature of substance P causing a prolonged calcium influx into cells. Interesting. Right, let's get back to that primary problem of opening up cell membranes, depolarizing cell membranes, and the calcium rushes in and messes it all up. If you follow some of the other bulletproof protocols on the website, I talk about things like earthing. I sleep on an earthing sheet, which actually directly affects the flow of electrons in the body. Um, there's things you can do with magnets and pulsed electromagnetic frequencies. We had that stuff at the Bulletproof Conference. So anything that increases your ability to move electrons across the cellular membrane it makes a difference. In fact, you can even hack the outer cellular membrane by just eating the right kinds of fat so that you can create a healthy cell membrane. And then you have a mitochondrial inner cell membrane, and that also needs a certain kind of fat. So you need your fish oils, you need your saturated fats, and you need moderate amounts of ALA, and even you need some arachidonic acid in there, even though too much of that's bad, too little's bad. So 
what we're finding from you, though, is that an environmental signal that comes about stress levels from the lemon of your bite, which was caused by what your mother and your grandmother ate, <laughs> that that is now changing the function of our cells. Yes. <laughs> if you want to take advantage of, is this complex or what? If you want to take advantage of that knowledge and you want to say, well, I can't go back and hack my grandmother uh, retroactively because so far we don't have any technology for that. Um, Okay, now my upper palate is smushed. I'm triggering my fight or flight response multiple times a day by hitting my front four teeth. Um, I'm raising my substance P levels by increasing jaw tension here. Uh, and that's reflected in the way I walk, the way I stand, the way I breathe, the way my cells respirate. It's affected my cancer risk. It's affected, I think, also MS and Parkinson's. Yes. Okay, so you've found connections in your patients with jaw alignment and the symptoms that they're having from those diseases. Yes. There's very extensive uh, YouTube videos now on treating Parkinson's through bite therapy. What percentage of people do you think have a bite alignment that would benefit from having, having treatment? Probably in excess of 75% of the population. Hmm. This might be a biohack you could pay attention to. Where do people go if they're in wherever it is they live and they're interested in finding someone who can help them get their, their bite aligned? I, I, by the way, if you're in the Bay Area, <laughs> you're sort of like the jaw whisperer, at least in, in my in my view of things. So, so this would be the place to go. But there's, there's people a couple, all over the There's place. a couple of professional organizations that okay. they'd want to look at. One, they want to look at the International College of Craniomandibular Orthopedics, mm -hmm. ICMO. And they might also want to look at the American Academy of Craniofacial Pain. Okay, we'll put links to those in the show notes for you. So you can just go to bulletproofexec.com and we'll give all that to you. Now, you've been doing this for about 30 years? 35 years. Huh? 35 years. Um, that's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I also know that, that, in fact, we're going to film at the end of this. So you'll actually want to watch this video on YouTube uh, or on iTunes because we're going to do like a bonus video afterwards where you're going to actually... Um, fix my bite alignment because something happened here we'll talk about in a minute. Okay. The, the, the big question I have for you, though, is I, I want to maybe, let's say I'm, I'm a, a new person who's going, well, I, I guess I do have a little pain. I, I want to do something with this. Um, how long does it take to fix this? Like, how much work is it? How painful is it? Because, I mean, I, I know from my own experience, but you've worked on tens of thousands of patients over 35 yeah. years. So usually we're starting on people that are in a lot of pain. And okay. so you can usually get them over 50%. You can get out of pain within 48 hours. To treat it, depending on how you treat it, can take anywhere from two to 10 years. Some cases that we have um, that are really um, skeletally shrunk and reduced in size, you have to go in and grow those jaws uh, bigger over a very slow period of time. But majority of cases are going to treat out in about two years. So it took me about two years. And what we did is, is you made a, a metal appliance that basically pushed my upper jaw out. And as I recall, I wore that all the time. Correct. But maybe not when eating the, the metal stuff. Did I wear that when I was eating too? Yes, you did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So basically it was a bar across the top of my mouth. You couldn't see it. It affected my speech a tiny bit, but I, you get used to that very quickly. So we spread my upper jaw out. Uh, I didn't get gaps in my teeth or anything, but that was just to make space for my lower jaw to be in its natural position, right? Right. When it, so the process is getting the jaw lined up functionally. And mm -hmm. once you get the jaw lined up functionally, then you have to move the teeth and get them back together. Mm -hmm. uh, so that typically requires that the upper jaw be widened to accommodate a wider part of your lower jaw being more forward. 
Okay, so once we did that, you also made, uh, uh, essentially it was like dentures that clipped in. And I wore these things all day long, even when I was eating, uh, anytime I was awake. And then I had a, a night guard that I, I still use to this day. So when I sleep, my jaw stays aligned, which really helps sleep quality and uh, just physical alignment of the body. But this thing, I'd, I'd come in maybe what every six or eight weeks, okay. and you would adjust my lower, essentially the height of my my appliance that held my lower jaw, which changed how I looked. Like like over the course of about six months, my jaw slowly relaxed and just came forward. Right. So if, if someone is is going through this kind of treatment, they come in every six to eight weeks. Uh, most cases, four to six. Weeks. Oh, four to six weeks. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then you basically make slight adjustments. Right. Now you know how to do this, and I know that you have carbon, uh, you have you know wax molds and strips of green wax and carbon paper, and you are like a Michelangelo of these things. Like you'll pick the thing up and you'll look at it, and you have a little Dremel tool, and, and people are going to actually see you do this to my bike guard. Uh, the only question though is, is like, okay, 35 years of experience, like you're one of the leaders in this field. What do everyone else do? Who maybe the dentists just don't know how to do this. Is is there a, a technology they can use? Well, the, a couple of things that we do, the, our orthopedic model is a little different than what most dentists have. We're, we're tre treating people to a minimal range of function. So we're looking at where that jaw swings in a fair arc of closing, and we're mm -hmm. trying, that's where we want that, the bite to support them at. Uh, and most dentists are still looking at you under a dental occlusal model, and so they typically put more overbite back into the cases than I do. But yeah, getting the jaw lined up, and then we use polyvinyl siloxane to check our bites with, which is probably about 30 times as accurate as carbon vapor. Uh, so that gets us a little more precise than the average dentist when they're checking bites. So one of the things that happened to me about two and a half years ago, one of the caps on my back teeth, so my, my back molars, and we'll probably fit the camera in my mouth during the bonus interview for this. Um, my back teeth have caps on them that Dr. Jennings installed, which allows my jaw to stay in a neutral position so I don't have constant physical stress. Um, but one of them popped off when I was eating something sticky. The adhesive failed after many years. So I went to a local dentist on Vancouver Island where I live, and, and I said, look, can you glue this back on? Because it's really dysfunctional to have an extra two millimeters on this side and not this side. Like, it's causing muscular pain. Like, this is bad. And he said, yeah, I can glue it back on. I said, but is it going to be exactly aligned the way it was before? Like, like, does it work like that? And he swore up and down, oh, yeah, there'll be no difference. And, and he put the thing in, and, and within a day, I had upper back pain, neck pain, this radiating pain that went from my jaw up the side of my eye, along my scalp, over my ear, and then back in my upper back. Why did that happen when he glued this cap on? Just a, a tiny hair width crooked. When you glue crowns on, they never go back on exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, how much? I, we're, okay, they look the same. Like, how much of a difference really, really uh, yeah, matters? We're looking at ten thousands of an inch is, is critical in the mouth. That's a hair's breadth. Yeah. Okay, so the, the width of a human hair on one side, if, if the jaw is higher, why did that cause radiating pain from my jaw uh, up over the top of my head and then down into my upper back? Because of the high density of pain fibers within the trigeminal, when it gets excited just a little bit, it triggers a massive response. Okay, and, and your experience is that about 75% of people have a hair's, a hair's breadth worth of alignment problem, and that that basically raises systemic inflammation in them, even though they don't know what's caused by that tiny alignment. Actually, most people get into trouble when they're off an eighth of an inch. 
Wow. The vast majority of our patients that show up for treatment are off about an eighth of an inch. They're not off a few thousandths. An eighth of an inch? Uh, the jaw is off spatially about an eighth of an inch. And we don't know uh, for sure how far, I, how far off I was. I doubt you'd remember that out of your tens of thousands. But it, it, was, it was probably substantial, I would imagine, mm-hmm. just given as, as much stress as there was there. And the changes from this were, were really profound. Now, actually, before we show off my bike guard, Let's talk about sleep apnea, because you've told me some things that are, that are astounding. So tell me about what this does for sleep apnea, and then tell me about the guy who kept using a CPAP machine for psychological reasons. There's 85% of the time sleep apnea is caused by a, a, a stru- obstruction. It's obstructive sleep apnea, and it's obstructing from the tongue blocking the airway in the back of the throat. So, so the tongue is falling into the airway. Okay. Correct. And that's why when people lie on their back, they tend to snore and have more apnea. When you bring the jaw forward, it brings the tongue with it and opens up that airway. Uh, when that airway is 50% reduced over optimum, it on average takes 15 years off your life. So if you wanted to live a long time, having your jaw forward while you sleep might be a good strategy. Right. Just, okay. If you're, if you're significantly obstructed. Do you have a study about that 15 years? Because right now there's like 50 people Googling saying that this is totally BS and it cannot possibly be true. Yes, there is studies on that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I'm not surprised there are studies. Um, because if you're not breathing, you're not getting oxygen, you get subtle hypoxic things in the body. Right. I, I do a lot of other stuff outside the scope of what we're going to talk about to change the oxygen levels in my body. Uh, it's going to throw off your entire autonomic function also. Yeah, okay. so. And and your autonomic function, that's your fight or flight response. So this is the rest and repair versus run away and kill things. So if you're always in the run away and kill things mode, which you probably are if you're like most people who live in cities today, um, this is just going to make that worse. So it's a matter of degree. So you told me a story once, and it was a patient who'd had sleep apnea for many years and slept with a CPAP machine. And the CPAP machine are those things, it's got a little compressor running, and it basically forces air into you. And this guy had no more sleep apnea after he started sleeping with one of your appliances, the the nighttime bike guards. But can you tell me why he left a CPAP machine on? Do you remember that story? I don't remember that story. So so I I still remember (laughs) this because it was so striking. He left it on because, uh, uh, this was probably from five or six years ago when you told me. Um, It was because he couldn't sleep without the sound of it because he'd associated the CPAP machine with quality sleep. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone who listens to Bulletproof Radio knows that quality sleep is, is like precious. So he just found that, that he was afraid to sleep without the sound. So he just flipped the switch, set the CPAP machine on the floor, and then go to sleep with his new appliance. Right? And, and that's the sort of thing where people go, really? <laughs> but it, the bite alignment controls many things from how you stand um, the way your, your knees work, like, like the whole body. Right. And it's, this piece of knowledge is just missing from most doctors, most surgeons, right? Like if you're doing a knee surgery and there's a bite alignment problem, is there really any connection between those two? You, you, we see uh, medial knee pain uh, very frequent with TMJ problems. It hmm. shows up very, very high, probably 30% of the time. So when I was 14, I was diagnosed with arthritis in my knees and I've had three knee surgeries before I was 23. There's a screw in my right knee. And I recognize now that this was probably a contributing factor in my jaw. I also had systemic inflammation, <laughs> adrenal dysfunction, which I probably had, which is also tied to jaw alignment, uh, <laughs> is also directly associated with, uh, with knee problems. In fact, particularly the knee problem I had where my kneecap was dislocating when I would walk. <laughs> so when I was a sophomore in college, I'd, I would just be walking, and my knee would just fold sideways, and I'd just fall over. Like, it, it, was, it was kind of inconvenient. Well, the other 
point on the trigeminal nerve. Mm -hmm. The trigeminal nerve is the predominant influence on the reticular activating system, the part of your brain stem that keep your brain awake. And so when there's too much trigeminal disturbance, you can't, the brain won't shut down. It won't let you fall asleep. So you see a very high incidence of sleep disturbances with uh, bite issues. Is narcolepsy tied to bite disturbances? I would think so. Yes. So bottom line is, if, if things aren't running in your body the way you want them to run, especially if you can see that your front teeth are in front of your back teeth, this is an avenue of exploration for you. And you want to go to those two resources that we have in the show notes that are going to tell you basically where to find a specialist who can do this kind of stuff. Now, Dr. Jennings, I'm a, I'm a quantified, like, measure-of-the-body kind of guy. What you do is based on many, many years of clinical experience, and you're measuring things with a mold. But as far as I know, you're not necessarily doing, like, a full 3D laser quantified scan of, of the jaw alignment, things like that. Are there technologies that make this easier for dental professionals to, to move into neuromuscular stuff? Yeah, so there's, a, there's actually a specialty of neuromuscular dentistry that uses high-tech equipment. They use uh, jaw tracking, place a magnet on the lower jaw, sensor rays, uh, which is what's right behind you there. Love it. Little sensor rays. Oh, uh, you actually have the myotronic gear. Uh, I was going to ask you about them. Yeah. And so, uh, is this new? No. Okay. I've never used this with you. but. And there's, they use also surface electromyography. Mm -hmm. And they're measuring. So your temporalis and your masseter should fire equally and simultaneously when you're closing. Um, and they also use jaw tracking noise um, and I've gotten away from that equipment in recent years because it just pushes cost up so much and I've become so efficient at what I do that I can you, I can I can you can tell by looking <laughs> your patient through retire because you have the experience to just right. do it right. for someone who is trained as a, as a dentist but doesn't have a background of many years of doing this is using the equipment a viable option yes so when people are looking to get their jaw treated, they could look for someone who has myotronic equipment as a pretty good sign that they're, that they're doing this. Right. Or bio-research as a second company that makes it also. Bio-research. Uh -huh. All right. Myotronic, myo-like muscle, uh, like myofacial, and uh, biotronic. Bio-research. Bio-research. All right. Uh -huh. We'll put those two links in the show notes as well. So people could go to the two websites you talked about that, that give us uh, lists of people who do this kind of treatment. Right. And then they can also call and say, hey, are you using this gear? Yes or no. The fact they're not using the gear doesn't mean they're incompetent or anything. Right. It, it just, like, it's a sign. I've found that when I go to every dentist and I say, do you know about jaw alignment? The answer is, yeah, yeah, totally. I know about jaw alignment. Like, you know, we, we always do that. But they're missing the link between what happens here and just the cosmetic side, which is, in my mind, less important than the functional side. But what happens here affects inflammation through substance P and all these other conditions, that's largely missing. So they'll make you look pretty, but they won't give you the relaxation of the nervous system, the reductions in substance P. Part of that has to do with they don't have good training in European orthopedic appliances. So they're trying to treat you with just a splint. And we have some much more sophisticated splints that we use that are dental orthopedic in nature or European orthodontic orthopedic in nature that, that allows us to facilitate jaw repositioning more effectively. And so most of them are general dentists without much 
dental without my orthodontic background. Got it. So finding someone who can treat you is, is a challenge. And yeah. I know you have a lot of people who fly in. In fact, I, I flew in. <laughs> I said I'd interview you because I've been wanting to talk to you uh, on camera rather than just over Skype mm -hmm. because uh, we've worked together on, on improving my performance. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about uh, tinnitus, a ringing of the ears mm -hmm. and jaw alignment. Uh, I, I've had several executive coaching clients with ongoing problems who I've, I've sent out. Like It's a jaw problem. How does ringing in the ear tied to the jaw. So there's actually some very good literature on that and they basically know that the hearing takes sensory input from all parts of the body. There's some experiments where they go in and manipulate uh, skin sensory and alter hearing. Wow. Right? But the predominant influence on hearing is your trigeminal due to its high density and proximity to hearing. So when there's a disturbance within the trigeminal it has a major influence on their propensity to develop tinnitus. Interesting. So, so bite therapy is highly effective at reducing tinnitus, higher than any other known modality that I'm aware of. So if you have ringing of the ears, you might want to look at jaw alignment. All right, that's kind of cool. Yeah. When we talk about substance P, there's some other things that you can take as supplements that modulate substance P. Uh, are you on top of what those are? Can you kind of go through sure. the list so, you know about? So to eliminate substance P out of the body, you're going to have to either fix a bite or take cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper depletes substance P out of the body. You know, people that eat a lot of cayenne pepper are tough hombres. They don't feel pain as easily. Sub uh, cayenne pepper is primarily used in hot climates to reduce the substance P so they don't feel the temperature as much. They're, it keeps the body cooler. It it's amazing what cayenne can do, and what I've found with cayenne, and, and I, largely because of what we talked about many years ago, I, I upped my dose of it. Cayenne pepper is also, because it's a, essentially a, a moist agricultural product that gets dried, that there's a fungal contamination problem, a very substantial one, mostly aflatoxin more so than ochratoxin A. So if you're going to do cayenne and you're buying you know, the jar of mm -hmm. discount cayenne and, or even worse, the little fl flexi bag, you're not going to like necessarily what happens with that because you're going to get substance P lowering and you're going to get toxins that are there that raise substance P. And the levels, when they are regulated, depending on what country you're in, are set, assuming you're going to have a very small amount of cayenne. But if you're using it therapeutically, you're going to take a lot more, so you, you can actually get meaningful amounts of mold toxins there. The, the hack that I use now is you get the capsules of cayenne. You can open them and put them on your food, and it works. But the downside is, and, and this, if, if you're listening, 20% of people are nightshade sensitive and they get rheumatoid arthritis when they eat the lectins that are present in nightshade vegetables. And unfortunately, cayenne is a nightshade vegetable. So you may get sore joints from taking something that lowers substance P because our bodies are tricky. Uh, so I, I'm a fan of it. And there's another study that, that was recently published that looked at the effects of taking cayenne with uh, either brain octane or the XCT oil. This was a generic form of MCT, but those are the, the two that I make. And what they found was that it increased the bioavailability of the compounds in cayenne that, uh, that the body needs. So you can actually use an oil to increase absorption. If you put cayenne in your coffee, you're probably not going to like the taste, but it works. So. There's actually a study, too, done, I think, at the University of Washington that showed that people that eat um, peppers twice a week had a 25% reduction in Parkinson's. Wow. So there's, there's a, a reason for using these foods. And I put them in the suspect foods on the Bulletproof Diet uh, with the new Bulletproof Diet book coming out. Order bulletproofdietbook.com. Please go there and pre-order, and I'll send you a lot of free stuff. That book, I write about specifically cayenne. Like, you want to do it, but there's a list of 
bulletproof foods that reduce inflammation for the vast, vast majority of people. There's suspect foods that may cause problems, but may be okay for you. And then there's like kryptonite foods where like really we shouldn't be putting that inside humans or even animals. So getting that spectrum down was really important. And I put cayenne there, even though it has such strong benefits as a, as a, a healing herb. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, and that's frustrating to me because I'd like to just put it in that everyone should just have this all day, every day, but there's a quality issue and then there's a, a lectin sensitivity immune issue there. Is there another supplement or another food that people can focus on? So, so there's, that's eliminate substance P, but there's a lot of things that will mitigate the effects of substance P, and that's most of our spices. Then just a lot of other supplements, antioxidants and stuff will reduce your substance P impact. Okay, so things like polyphenols? Yeah. Okay, and polyphenols. The two most common food sources of polyphenols would be coffee and chocolate. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> there's also uh, uh, things like ginger uh, from memory. Uh, turmeric is another lowering. Very big, very big one. Yeah. yeah, turmeric actually lowers vanilla. substance B. Oh, yeah, vanilla. Uh -huh. Hmm, mycotoxin-free vanilla. I wonder why I use that stuff. In fact, can you talk about vanillin? So there are vanillinoid receptors in the body that actually vanilla affects. And that's what most, um, most of our spices are derivative of vanilla base. Even capsaicin, the active ingredient in cayenne, is a vanilloid, and vanilloids are named after the original antioxidant spice, vanilla, uh -huh. yep. uh, which I did not know <laughs> until you told me about vanilloids many years ago, and I went and I did this research, and I'm like, oh my god, I had no idea. Um, that's one of the reasons that I, I went out and developed Vanilla Max. The, the, it's a real vanilla powder that's ground from vanilla beans, wow. and we use like a, a multi, actually it's a multi-week process to break down the mold toxins that happen when you dry a bean in a, in a tropical climate, like you always get some fungal growth. So we have a curing process that reduces that, and then we, we test it for the levels. Because I've found that taking something to reduce inflammation that also causes inflammation, the results are unpredictable. But they're a lot more predictable when you remove the negative stuff and just keep the positive. I think uh, other point that I think needs to be brought up is the uh, something that's very poorly recognized, and that's C fibers. Our C fibers are the pain fibers in the body, unmyelinated nerve fibers that produce the substance P. You said unmyelinated? Uh -huh, unmyelinated. And, and they're naturally unmyelinated, or are they unmyelinated because of health problems? Uh, na naturally unmyelinated. Okay. So they're slow transmitting. So myelination is basically insulation that goes around your nerves. Right. And so people who have nerves that are supposed to be insulated and the insulation breaks down, you get all sorts of bad things. Like listen to the Terry Walls podcast, talk about you know, what happens, you, you end up in a wheelchair and you get all sorts of pain. But the pain fibers that are slow, that are not insulated, these are the C fibers. C fibers, uh-huh. Tell so, me more about those. So C fibers, unbeknownst to the vast majority of the medical community, are polymodal. What does that mean? So we're taught in medical school that C fibers give us pain and pressure, and that's about it. Okay. But they're actually polymodal, so C fibers pick up uh, radiation, electromagnetic fields, barometric pressure, and real critically, they measure body pH. Wait a minute, are you telling me that electromagnetic fields have an effect on the human body? Yes. 
Shocking, actually, not <laughs> shocking. Uh, one of the reasons I'm here, uh, Dr. Jennings, is that the TSA broke my night guard. At least I think it was them, or maybe a baggage handler. Anyway, it, it broke. So my jaw alignment is off. In fact, I had to stop using my, my nighttime guard, the one I sleep with, the splint, because I have like massive pain on the right side of my brain, and uh, my shoulders are all jacked. Like I, It's an unhappy situation. But when I, I look at, at what happens from that kind of a thing, uh, I, and I, I hear all the things you're talking about, it, I, it makes a lot of sense because one of the things I use to mitigate the pain is a pulsed electromagnetic frequency device. Uh, it's one, and if you've actually heard the podcast with Dr. Bill Pollock, uh, a device called the Soma Pulse, and there is a code in that podcast if, if you want one of those, um, like a special discount for Bulletproof people. But it's... Uh, two little electromagnetic coils that you can put on either side of the jaw, and it causes increases in, in blood flow, and it causes reductions in inflammation. So I've been using that. Just when I sleep, I put it under my face, yeah. and it's helped. So I could basically stave off the inflammation and the reduction in cognitive performance that I feel in my jaws mm-hmm. off, so then I could fly down here and, uh, and hang out with you. So the another factor on the trigeminal that's almost always overlooked by the medical community is that the trigeminal is a major modulator of brain blood flow. It's what they call the trigeminal vascular system. Uh, in particular, the trigeminal has a major influence on prefrontal cortex. That's what brain freeze is all about. If you get too much <laughs> stimulation with too cold of foods, it affects brain blood flow. The trigeminal seems to have a direct effect on glial cells in the brain. Uh, that has major ramifications to brain repair, brain blood flow, autism, uh, a lot of different things. If you're a longtime Bulletproof fan, you've probably come across me talking about the Upgraded Focus Brain Trainer, which trains you to move blood to the front of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, because a lot of people don't have enough blood there. If you heard the podcast with Dr. Daniel Amen from the Amen Brain Clinic, I did his scan more than a dozen years ago now, I think, and it found no metabolic activity in my prefrontal cortex. This was before I realigned my jaw. So, I mean, I've done everything possible, but I consider jaw alignment to be one of those things that's as important as as diet or exercise, as well as toxin avoidance and all the other things that just increase human performance in in general. But to your point, I did not have that, and I had insufficient cerebral blood flow. It's trainable. You can thin your blood by taking things like turmeric and fish oil so you can get more circulation. You can do hyperbaric oxygen. By the way, we had that at the Bulletproof Conference a month ago. So all these things, like we're, we're all targeting the same thing. Get enough blood here and get enough other things like ketones or glucose so that your brain can do what it's supposed to do. Even unfair advantages there around, like how do you get the mitochondria to work better? But if you're doing all those things and you didn't align the jaw, the signals from these C-fibers are going to not allow enough blood and thus enough oxygen to get into the front of your brain. What are people who have a lack of blood flow in the front of their brain? Like, like what do they do behavioral-wise? So I had, within the last six months, we've had two 17-year-old boys that lost cognitive function. One, two weeks after they took off his braces, they did a poor job extracting teeth and messed him up pretty bad. And he lost cognitive function. He, so he couldn't, two weeks, his brain stopped working. So two weeks after they took his braces off. Uh, so he couldn't do math. He couldn't process. He got fuzzy. He got depressed, anxious. Um, this was, he went looking at a lot for a lot of doctors for over a two year period of time. And he was having an attacks uh, weekly 
uh, we repositioned his jaw and got his jaw more forward, and he's gone four months without an episode, except for one time when he took his mouthpiece out. Uh, <laughs> and then we have another 17-year-old boy who was normal till age 12, and he fell off a cliff, and he became quite autistic. He got movement disorders, lost eye contact, very anxious, depressed. They put him in a pretty... Uh, impaired autism class in school. And when I examined him at age 17, his 12-year molar had come in in crossbite. So you fixed that? We, put, we got him in a splint. We've, he's now been working with somebody on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but he had pretty dramatic turnaround within a week. He could make eye contact. Within about three or four weeks, his vocabulary was starting to come back on him where he could relate. Um, even within a week, he was starting to be more conversational. So that's the reason I wanted to interview you and, and just expose the knowledge that you've built over, over your life, really, um, to people because there are hundreds of thousands of kids and adults who are, who are functioning at a subpar level mm -hmm. and they have no clue that something as simple as sleeping with a bite guard or just aligning the jaw could turn the lights back on. Right. And, and there's all kinds of switches and you can throw multiple switches at the same time, but this is such a major one. Um, you can imagine, I was about 25, 26 when I started to really experience cognitive uh, brain fog. So I'm working at one of the, the founders of cloud computing companies called Exodus. Career's going crazy, having a, a, an amazing time, but I'm starting to experience cognitive decline and I can like measure it. I, I can see that some days uh, I'm quantifiably slow. And I don't think this was the only thing going on with me. I was living in a house that um, now I believe had toxic mold and I had Lyme disease <laughs> and I had all sorts of like problems. Uh, but this was there and this was a part of those problems. And I don't think if I, I think if I had not fixed this by working with you that I wouldn't be at the level of performance or, or health that I am today. Uh, so if this is going on, if your kids have braces or if you have TMJ pain, it's not just a jaw pain thing. It's a functional disorder, and it's going to affect your brain. It's going to affect how you sleep, how long you live, and all of that. And all right, so let's say that, that someone has a, a kid who's 5 or 12, let, let's say. Like, what's the minimum age that people should look at helping their kids have like a lifetime of cognitive and health function? With well, when my daughter was severely retreated on her jaw when she was born to such an extent that she had a pretty major speech impediment. Wow. It sounded like here from Boston. She talked like this all the time. <laughs> she, was, she was goofy sounding, right? And it affected her. She couldn't, she couldn't run. Wow. She, had, she just couldn't. Uh, we started her at age three. When you bring jaws forward, the jaw bends back into the socket again, and it elongates the lower jaw. So we took her from the smallest mouth of probably anybody I've ever treated, and she now she was able to keep all of her wisdom teeth. She ended up actually a little bit underbite. Mm -hmm. She was valedictorian. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Congratulations. Um, yeah. So she's. It, I think it's a big factor in her academic success. Does this type of treatment cost more or less than normal braces and orthodontics? In most offices, it, char it costs more. It costs more. A lot more or a little more? A little more. A little more. Okay. And that's because a lot of them are using the, the quantitative stuff? Um, okay. Yeah. So... My do, office is about the same. It's about the same. Okay. Do you get cosmetic benefits from aligning the jaw or is this primarily functional? You get both. Okay. Uh, yeah, when you when you uh, align those jaws and develop the jaws, you end up with bigger jaws and bigger smiles, and you get the teeth straight at the same time. 
Okay. So this is a, a piece of advice that I, I have for other parents. I've got two young kids. If you are considering braces for your kids and you don't take the kids to someone who has studied this type of alignment, what you're doing is, is you're basically saying, let's spray paint the problem. Let, let's put a Band-Aid on it. But what you can do for approximately the same amount of money is you can address the cosmetic side of it, but more importantly, you can give your kids the ability for their whole body to move properly and for them to have less inflammation and maybe even like less cancer and MS and Parkinson's and all that stuff much, much later in life. Uh, and this is this is really important. And if you're an adult and you're doing this, and you know you're working on your career, or you have you have a family, and you want to have your emotional regularity, you want to have the energy to just bring it all day long, which is a core part of the whole bulletproof idea. You might want to consider this for yourself. And I just I know from my personal experience, this this really helped me. And just about no one talks about this. So I'm hoping that when you hear this, you'll take a look in the mirror and say, oh, maybe my bite is aligned. Maybe I'll go talk to someone. And more importantly, if you've got kids, if you or your spouse were eating a lot of grains and processed food before and during pregnancy, the odds of your children having a smaller upper palate and a lower jaw that's backing up, they're much higher. I know because that research is in the Better Baby book. In fact, we research what my wife Lana could eat and what I could eat before we had our kids to restore fertility, but also to specifically help to mitigate that problem. But to be honest, what Lana's mother ate and what my mother ate probably has a bigger influence than what Lana ate. So if you do this right, you fix your diet, and you even just align your kids' jaws, what will happen is for the next at least two and maybe up to seven generations, you can have an impact. It's kind of powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. The effect of bite on health is pretty well established. There's at least seven articles in my files by different medical organizations that have shown that people with TMJ problems have very high medical utilization rates. So they get sick at a very high rate for a broad spectrum of conditions. I think that's primarily because of the effect that substance P has on inflammatory conditions. Wow, so we might reduce healthcare costs because, I mean, the U.S. has one of the lowest healthcare costs. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> or the highest healthcare costs in, in the world for lots of reasons. Uh, but things like that that are relative, relatively affordable uh, and where you do it once and it has uh, you know, many years of, quote, payout because it reduces right. things, it's probably worth it just for your own economics as a, as a consumer. You want to have lower health care utilization because it sucks to feel crappy and then go to the doctor and then have to pay for drugs and all the other stuff. Uh, so this is just a way of increasing resilience. And at the core of, of my own practice has been to go from being a non-resilient person who had chronic sinus infections and strep throat and all of these health conditions, overweight, all that, to become someone who can fly 100 plus times a year and not get sick, at least most of the time. And, and someone whose brain works all the time and has enough energy. Because I wasn't born with that. Like, I built that. And this is a core part of it. And, and it's as important as food. And if, if people have listened to the 150 50 plus episodes, you know, I kind of care about food, but if you're chewing your food with a damaged jaw, you're not doing it right. I think it's important to understand how most orthodontists look at the orthopedic problem. 15 years ago, the American Dental Association changed the official title of orthodontist from orthodontic specialist to orthodontic and dentofacial orthopedic specialist. They name grabbed, but they didn't change your educational requirements. Oh, got to love that. All right. So, so orthodontists now, but if you look at most orthodontists, they don't ever put the dental facial orthopedic 
part in their title agency, they're orthodontic specialists. But the dental orthopedics has to do with getting the jaw lined up, and the orthodontics has to do with getting teeth straight. And they're different things, but most orthodontists don't understand the difference or the different requirements. You can't align jaw with braces. Right, the defect is almost always that the back teeth aren't tall enough. And so you, if you strap all the teeth together with braces, the back teeth won't grow taller. You typically have to put a, some kind of an appliance in there that lets the back teeth erupt up taller, which is not braces. So we, we certainly did that. We put in this appliance that left my back molars uncovered to allow them to grow. They grew a little bit, but not enough, which is right. why we just put caps on them. Correct. And, and all of that. And it, it works. Like, it's worked for me for... I want to say seven or eight years now. Like, like I've had this for, for quite a while. And I, I just really can't say enough how, how important this is. What percentage of, of orthodontic specialists, or basically we'll just say what percentage of dentists would you guesstimate are trained in this? Probably less than 5%. Less than 5%. This is why you need to do your research if you're going to go to someone and you're going to focus on jaw alignment for functional health, the neuromuscular side of things, versus teeth alignment. And uh, obviously straight teeth are kind of important, right? Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that I should, I should ask you or anything we haven't talked about that people should understand if they're looking... Oh. Athletic performance. We forgot to talk about that. Because <laughs> we, we know that, that I think Oakley and Nike have bite, bite guards to improve visual perception and athletic performance. So, all right, enough about being healthy. Let's talk about like exceeding normal levels of performance by playing with the bite. How does that work? So I've looked, I haven't read all, all that literature, but like Under Armour has theirs that they, yeah. and they, their research showed that building the back teeth up on the average person increases their strength 17%, increases their physical endurance, improves their reaction time, which improves their balance. There's an orthopedic surgeon in Southern California who worked for the Padres and the Chargers, and he claimed that 75% or 70% of all sports injuries had a bite component to it. That is, he, I think it's partially substance P. Uh, substance P also controls ligamentous uh, uh, collagen matrix. Right. Wow, collagen is so, kind of important. Right. So, so, <laughs> so if your sudden P levels are off too much, you don't make uh, high grade collagen. Wow, that I did not know about. But mm. uh, I have a friend who's dealing with Lyme disease and ligament tears right now, mm. uh, and that's quite interesting because when you have Lyme disease or toxic mold exposure, your substance P levels are high, and that probably contributes to lack of healing of ligament tears. They they also think that ninety five percent of Lyme's patients have TMJ problems. There's a very high correlation I, between the two. I believe it. You have a systemic inflammation that allows the Lyme spirochetes to grow in the body. And, and oftentimes the inflammation comes from functional things and it comes from environmental things. Right? You can eat a really bad diet, you get in a car accident, have a, a, a painful divorce. Any of those things right. can raise the stress and inflammation levels enough that the bad stuff moves in. There's actually research too showing that substance P opens up cell membranes wide enough to allow the spirochete infiltration. Oh, that's really interesting. There's actually literature, there's a researcher out of Children's Hospital in Philadelphia, and he thinks that if you could control substance P, you should be able to control HIV because of the same phenomenon. Wow, that's a big claim. That is, if you close up those cell membranes, you should be able to control the HIV. The, the longer I've been a biohacker, the more I believe that 
what happens on, on the surface of the outer membrane of the cell it is so critical. A lot of the Bulletproof Diet stuff is around how do I build a, a, basically an outer membrane that is made of the right kinds of stable fats versus unstable fats. And then how do we allow the outer membrane and the inner membrane to work together? Uh, so those things are profound, but I did not know about the opening of the outer membrane that could cause from having, that could be caused by uh, jaw alignment or anything that raises substance P. Right. Wow. Uh, that's pretty profound. Now we're we're coming up on the end of the interview. There's a question that I've asked all 150 plus guests. Given what you know, uh, not just about dentistry, but just what you've done in life, your top three recommendations for people who want to perform better. So if you want to kick more ass, do these three things. What are they? Mm, I think it would definitely be look at the bite, and I think nutrition being number two, and yeah, I would think supplementation would be number three. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Dr. Jennings, thank you for being on, on Bulletproof Radio. Your URL is tmjcalifornia.com. tmjcalifornia.com. We'll put that in the show notes as well. And now we're going to end the official podcast, but you should tune in to our YouTube channel or to the iTunes video because we'll have a second thing where I'm now going to show off my amazing bike guard. Um, which, if you're driving, you don't get to see, but I've used this thing for a long time. It's broken which is annoying. So we're going to fix that, and we're going to look at my bite alignment. And this is a little drugstore bite guard. This is what I've been using, a little floppy thing, because this one was broken and was causing headaches. So this is like the, the best available. All it does is add height in the back. You stick it in your mouth, and it adds height on the back molars, and it provides some cushion so that if I like clench or grind at night, which I tend to not do anymore, it'll protect the teeth. So we're going to fix this, and we're going to stick the camera in my mouth, and I'll actually show you what it's like to have someone look at your jaw. Thanks for tuning in, and if you like this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you went onto iTunes and left a kind comment, and I'd appreciate it even more if you went to Amazon and you ordered the Bulletproof Diet Book. Order bulletproofdietbook.com. Send your Amazon receipt there. And I'll send you a whole bunch of free stuff, which is kind of cool. If you do me the favor of ordering the Bulletproof Diet book now, it helps my publisher see where it's going to end up, and it helps them order the right amount of copies. So I'm just asking you as a, as a favor, <laughs> please support me by doing that. If you're planning to buy it later, buy it now, and I'll send you a bunch of free stuff, and that's cool. Thank you. Did you know that Cyber Monday didn't even exist before 2005? And now it's the ultimate online shopping day of the year even bigger than Black Friday? It's true, in fact, last year's Cyber Monday was the biggest online shopping and savings day ever. And now this December 1st, I'm upgrading Cyber Monday to help you hack your holiday shopping list by kicking off a special online event with exclusive savings. The savings continue on December 2nd, when in celebration of the Bulletproof Diet book launch, we're kicking off a 12 days of Bulletproof. That means you'll get great 24-hour savings on a different product in the Bulletproof online store every single day from December 2nd through December 13th. And in the spirit of giving, you can even save 25% more on top of the daily discounts and cross up to 12 names off your gift list all at once by getting the entire bundle of products with just one click of your mouse. If you haven't already, just make sure you sign up for email updates at Bulletproof.com or like Bulletproof on Facebook to make sure you get all the details. Then just mark your calendar to watch your email inbox and the Facebook page starting December 2nd for your invitations to each of the 12 days of Bulletproof. Thanks for listening, and I'm excited to help you give the gift of Bulletproof this holiday season.
The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.